I pray that I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like many people who were in New York 10 years ago, on that initially bright and sunny morning, I have been left with very deep memories, some of which I wish I could forget. I remember too being on one of the first flights out of JFK Airport a week or so later and seeing from the air the still smouldering remains of the towers and the nearly two million tons of rubble and debris that would take nine months to clear. And as the plane turned towards the ocean, I realized I didn't want to go home. I felt I was deserting, flying away from so much need at a time when people needed people. This reluctance to go home was very common on the day of the terrorist crimes itself. Those rescued from the buildings knew of friends still trapped. To go home felt a betrayal of their friendship, of all the days shared together. The emergency services personnel and hospital staff worked and worked to the point of collapse and still wouldn't go home. There was more to do. There were colleagues missing. Lives were still held in the balance. The Mayor of New York, at the end of his day, returned to Ground Zero. He needed to be with his people. His home was with them. And there were, of course, the anxious families longing to hear news of the person they loved and the bereaved who had. To go home or to stay at home felt like being trapped in a prison of pain, absence being the unbearable presence. In each, the protective desire to find and be with the one you would do anything for and end the cruel distance between you both. For those caught up in those indescribable hours, this was not a day to go home. What would you do there? Who would you be there? What would you eventually have to face? 2,977 people that day were never given the opportunity to go home, including amongst them, if I may name just one, Robert Eaton, one of our former choristers here, who was working in the World Trade Center that morning. Ten years later, in a changed world, we are back at home, 
and indeed for many it has been in our homes, amongst those we love most, that some healing begins to take place. Whereas our bodies often do quite a lot to heal themselves, human hearts are not so skilful. They need to be loved back into life. And I know for many this is a day to thank those who have helped make the last 10 years possible for them. Together then here we do something today that is both painful and courageous. We remember. And we do so not out of sentimentality or show, but because human remembrance has reserves, life-giving reserves, which are urgently needed if we are to do more than just survive as individuals, as a society. To remember helps us re-member, put ourselves together again, placing ourselves in some proper proportion, relearning what makes humanity human. One of the roles of this cathedral is to enable people to remember. Today, we do so in a long tradition here with American friends and also with the British and other families of lost loved ones, with many people from around the world who have been affected by those 9-11 attacks and other tragedies. Many that September day were humbled by the courage of the firefighters, 343 of them losing their lives. It is right then that we also recall today the 20th anniversary of the Firefighters Memorial Trust, naming our gratitude for the passionate commitment of those who guarded all our cities and indeed this cathedral during the Blitz and in the years since, giving their lives on active duty. It makes us proud to be alongside so many serving and retired firefighters here now. Please know, we all salute you today for the service you give day in and day out to save lives in danger. There has been much talk recently of a broken society and of the fault lines that run through many of our communities. But we need also to see and name what we remember today. Loved ones lost, but all the sacrifices for good the working togetherness, the commitment to the unknown stranger, the desire to help the wounded, the fragile. The faith communities shared pastoral work, the courage 
to stop a plane destroying lives at the very cost of your own. All this that we remember today teaches us what we know already deep down, but so unhappily ignore, that a human self is most itself when not being selfish. That you can argue that life is survival of the fittest, but one day you will ask, fit for what? Many people, many people, often invisible, live lives that don't break society, but give society a soul. These lives were spoken about by Christ on a mountain, when against the tiring spirit of frenetic competition, he spoke of the blessed ones being the humble, those with some mercy in them, those who carry and share peace, those who hunger to see what is right be established, those who mourn, those who have experienced loss, those who know their need of God. And in a world where the high cost of our freedom is risk and pain, he also taught that no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. If this all sounds unattainable or even untrue, then just remember why all those people wouldn't go home that day. They knew that life demanded more of them and that their own life was recovered in responding to that demand. We therefore dare to say that today we remember with hope, remember for the future, Remember to live as those who died would want us to live, as men, women, children. The invitation that lies in this remembrance is to see that our relationships matter more than anything else, and that we should treasure them and each other with everything we have. So much will urge you to go a very different way. It really needs a revolution of the spirit, like that preached about on the mountain. God's gift to us is our being. Our gift to him is who we become. It was Churchill who said that we make a living by what we earn, but we make a life by what we give. As a society, it means translating this priority of love into the priorities of justice and equity. It means supporting the vulnerable, 
and all those who live and work peaceably and those who serve the common good. I don't know if all this will make a big society. More importantly, it will be a society with its soul back. When this service is ended, we will all go home. We will have remembered with love, with great pride, those whose lives were taken away and that part of our own lives that went with them. We will have remembered those who made sacrifices in and beyond duty. And if we remember with hope, then all that they were to us and all that was so clearly seen on that day, not the brokenness of a society, but its very pulse and life, will be our inspiration. And later today, when silence is kept by the families of the lost, to remember in Grosvenor Square, even if there are some who will seek to disturb them, they will never be able to take away or shake what we ultimately celebrate today, the resilience, the beauty of love and the lives built on it. Where we remember this, there will always be hope.